Welcome. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Terry Marie. Terry Marie is a highly attuned Christologist and intuitive crystal channel. She utilizes and enlists the power of crystals in her personal daily spiritual practice. Through her work, she teaches her clients how they too can tap into the power of crystals in simple and practical ways. I've always been fascinated by crystals and I'm pretty certain we as humans haven't even begun to understand the full potential of them. We'll probably figure out one day that they have a central role to play in scientific and technological breakthroughs that benefit everyone. Hopefully that day is right around the corner. But for now, let's go to the conversation with Terry Marie, where she's going to teach us some of the things she already knows about crystals. I'm so excited to talk about crystals and have you on because I am just really getting into crystals now. And I did initially collect them for their prettiness factor, <laughs> but it took me a little while, despite the fact that I'm an energy healer, it took me a little while before... I could feel them. And then I think as I kind of opened to feeling them, I could feel them more and more. And then I got really excited about them as I started to feel them more. I'm curious, Terry Marie, how you got into crystals. Well, a little over 30 years ago, <laughs> when crystals were just kind of coming out, if you would, to in, I wouldn't even call it mainstream, but just starting to make their presence known. There were two books, there are two books, and they are out of print. And I don't remember their names. I think one is um, The Value of Gemstones. And I just became mesmerized about the energy itself. And I'd always known that there was more to this human life than what people were telling me or what I could have already discovered. It's like, there's got to be more to being here, the reason for being here. And I started collecting them, or maybe they started collecting me. I'm not really quite sure which way it goes. They speak to you telepathically or energetically. And for a long time, I worked with them just for myself, doing a crystal healing and channeling energy creating an intention that energy flowed through me and never stayed. So I never deposit, no, no one's energy deposits into me and stays. It just flows through even before I knew what Reiki was or had heard of it. And I have since taken Reiki classes and Reiki master teacher and, you know, those kinds of things. I'm not sure what else to share with you about that, except I put them away professionally for about ten, seven years. And about four years ago, right this time frame, they said, hello, you're teaching classes in your home. We want to be adopted. And I went, okay. <laughs> so little did I know that four years later, we would be pretty much immersed. Well, okay, I got it. Fully immersed in adopting crystals or fostering them to help them find their new forever homes, as well as adopting some for myself along the way. <laughs> so I'm really curious about what you just said about, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but about the consciousness of each crystal. So in these different families of crystals, like let's just say smoky quartz, if I get a smoky quartz, does it have its own individual consciousness that might be different from a different smoky quartz on the table or does that whole group have a group consciousness both smoky quartz has a group consciousness because it has they all have the same attributes and yet each one has a different vibration a little bit so you could see 20 smoky quartz and be drawn to maybe one or two now here's something interesting about smoky quartz most of the smoky quartz found on the retail market today has been human altered, which, and the way you can tell 
and I don't have one right with me. I've got other beauties which we can share with you as we go along. But the smoky quartz, if it is opaque, as no light, you can't see through it, it's just dark. It is clear quartz that has been heat treated or treated in some way to make it dark. Smoky quartz, natural smoky quartz, no matter how dark it is, you can still see through it a little bit. And the lighter it is, the more translucent it is. There's some translucence or light that flows through it. That was actually one of my questions also about how we can tell what's an authentic you know, natural crystal versus a synthetic one. And it's sounding to me like it depends on every single crystal. You have to know the different attributes. It's not like one thing you can look for. Yes. And, and even to expand on that a little bit, Tiana, the crystals that are nice and sparkly and rainbow and iridescent colors are human treated. Some of them, because the words I'm getting are owners and suppliers, but the, the originators of some of those that do the heat treating do it ethically in the sense that they are more careful, more mindful and aware so that they don't treat out or take out all the natural energies of crystals. So the ones that are, you know, like the rainbow, not the rainbow prisms within crystals, but they have the aqua color or the lime green or the really pinky those are pretty. Most of them don't have any energy left at all. And the way you can tell, even if you are just learning to sense or feel the energy, if it just lays there and it's cold, there's nothing. And probably 95%, no hate mail anybody, uh, <laughs> you don't want to attack anyone because they are pretty. They just don't have any interest, intrinsic healing energies left. They just don't. Mm. Yeah, because crystals are a big business now. I mean, they're expensive mm-hmm. and they're very popular. So I could see how there could be a little, you know, there's some people that are just utilizing that to make money versus honoring mm-hmm. the energetic properties of the crystal. I'm going to say this softly because nobody overhears this word. People just are selling rocks. Some of them. Okay. Not anybody here. Anybody (laughs) yelling at me? (laughs) So on your website, you talk about how you help your clients find Mm -hmm. practical, useful ways to use crystals. And I think you just mentioned one of them, which is healing. And what are some of the other uses that people have for crystals? And the healing that I refer to, Tim, is metaphysical. I stay away from physical dis-ease or ailments. I'm not a medical medium. I'm not trained in that way. So this is all metaphysical properties. And when you work with the energy, everything else tends to sort itself out by and by. And that's as medical as I'm going to get. And a more direct answer to your uh, question healing or cleansing, balancing, and aligning your chakras. For example, this guy is what we call, he is a fluorite. This is a rainbow or multicolored fluorite. They're mostly purple and green. You can also see some little bit of white in here and some blue. This is a soul stone and it can also align your chakras. People can use, this is called a tower, a pillar, an obelisk, Some people can use it as a wand and you clear your chakras. When your chakras are cleared and balanced, a lot of things flow more smoothly. Crystals can help to raise your vibration. This one is kyanite and it absorbs negative energy from your body and your other crystals. I have lots of kyanite and lots of selenite to absorb the energies. Just because, you know, even if you were in your house all day and you never went out. Which a lot of people. free floating. (laughs) Yeah, right now. That's a COVID situation. (laughs) So we all need to be crystalling up in our our locations (laughs) because people are just stuck at home all day. Yes. And even if you were, you know, let's say under a Bodhi tree somewhere, you still have energies to clear because people are connecting with you mentally, energetically positive and negative. And so you want to clear, clear things out and being human, we're not like on that plateau of 
total mindfulness and total ease all the time is just a real challenge. And so what else? Transformation, infusing your body with unconditional love energy, like with rose quartz, among others. And we talked earlier about attributes, pink in general, love, emotional healing, heart center. Within the pink crystal realm or consciousnesses, <laughs> there are different vibrations of higher and lower, not less or dense, but just the vibrations are higher or they're just different. And even within, so this is Kunzite. And often what comes up is, well, does size matter? And the answer is yes and no. <laughs> so if, <laughs> if you have a very tiny piece of rose quartz, this is a Herkimer diamond, and we'll get to it in a minute. But if you have a piece of rose quartz and expect it to do the, the energy work of something like this, please get yourself another 12, 12 pieces this size, because once they're smaller, it takes more of them to equal a larger size. It's like having a bottle of water or being very thirsty and having one mouthful and expecting your whole body to be hydrated. It doesn't work that way. The exceptions are some of the crystals like this one, which is a Herkimer diamond. It is naturally double terminated. I don't know if you can see it that way. And you don't need a very large piece like this or this for it to work. So also that um, along that lines, what about proximity? Because like I have, you know, as far as, and I'm a petite person. So when I wear crystals, they're not super huge because my body's not super huge. And so the larger ones I might have on the table, but they're farther away from me during, you know, like a session. Does it, that affect you also? Like whether it's against my skin or whether it's sitting on the counter or on the table? Again, that's a yes and no question. <laughs> I have quite a few around me or on me, and these, these help to filter out energies just because to help me keep grounded and to stay connected at the same time. The smaller pendant ones, the terminated point actually is pointed down towards your heart center, so the energy is flowing into the heart center. Very good. It doesn't matter what the crystal is. And the the most important thing I, I believe, well, I know one at a time. Among the most important things is no one touches your crystals. If they do, and some people don't know to ask, if they do, when they leave, <laughs> cleanse them. Okay. I have another question. You're bringing <laughs> up all these questions. So then, cause I saw like, wow, you have just so many that you're wearing. And I yeah. thought about how they have these different consciousnesses. Do any of them not get along? Like <laughs> you shouldn't wear this crystal with this one. Or I would think some of them would like amplify each other, but maybe I didn't know if some of them don't get along. The, the rule of thumb is if you're attracted to a certain crystal, mineral, or stone, then they're going to integrate or assimilate with your energy and everybody else that you're collected or that they're collecting you, you know? And there are some like clear quartz that do absolutely magnify and amplify the energies of all other crystals. In addition, it helps to protect from negative energy. Psychic attack. What psychic attack? Somebody not being nice. Somebody just being ugly with their thoughts and their energy and, you know, anger energy or whatever. So, and you mentioned, and, and I do, I have crystals in my office and I do, I do let my clients, if they want, um, use them during the session. Mm -hmm. And I do cleanse them usually with Palo Santo after. Good. But I was curious, again, it's probably one of those depends answers, but how often should be people be cleansing? So like, besides, if, if you're just using it for yourself and you're not giving it to anyone else, what would be kind of a good rule of thumb of how often to clear or cleanse your crystals? There are several different ways to clear crystals. Some people like to use a new moon or the full moon. Perfect. However, those occur only 28 days, right? So 
In addition, you can do these different things. In addition, I'm not, I don't ever suggest not to do the full moon or the new moon because beautiful souls all over the world are drawn to different energies. So add something else in between to help keep everything or everybody clear. You can have large pieces of selenite. There's one behind here, but we'll just, this is my wand, but you can see this is selenite, okay? And my, there's my wand part. <laughs> um, but the selenite is one like kyanite that absorbs energy from all other crystals, minerals, and stones, and you do not need to cleanse and recharge them. Hmm. Okay, so it doesn't matter if anybody touches them or not. They just take care of themselves. And again, if you have little bitty pieces, you need lots of them. And I'm not being snarky. It's just try not to expect something very small to do a huge job. Like one bite of ice cream just does not satisfy me. Not one piece of chocolate has got a, you know, a few more, right? <laughs> so in one of the uh, more specifically, you can burn incense. I burn incense every day, most of the time. And if I forget, then I do it in the morning before I work because my work is out there and people are connecting in different ways, social media, email, however, and so there's always this connection in addition to my own human stuff that I get to work through. Transition, expansion, all of those things. So I do my best to do incense every day and I have large pieces of selenite literally everywhere. That also helps. You can burn incense. People who are not doing regular work, lots of healing energies or this and that, or a lot of meditation with their clients or doing a lot of teaching, you could do it once you could burn incense once a week. But my suggestion to my clients is choose one day a week so that you remember it becomes a habit. On those days where there's extra stress, tension, or emotions, burn another one. You can also use a singing bowl, an ohm CD, sunlight. Just stick your crystals in the sunlight on, you know, on a windowsill or something for a few hours. You can use a drum, and if people don't have a drum, they can use a pan with a wooden spoon. Don't beat the holy heck out of the pan. <laughs> Just use it like you would a, you know, a Native American or a, a, a Native's drum. Wow. And that moves the energy. <laughs> Yeah, those are all really great suggestions. I didn't know that just burning the incense alone would do the cleansing for you. So say if, for example, if I had a blockage in my throat chakra, what <laughs> would example, be... For <laughs> example, hypothetically. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Let's say I have a friend that has a blockage <laughs> in their throat chakra. So just about any crystal, be... mineral, or stone that's blue, generally speaking, the best ones... For that, lapis. Now, lapis is one of those where you don't need it to be very big. This is kunzite. So you would want it to be a little bit bigger than this just because it makes it easier. But if you had a, a piece of lapis that was half this size, like about this size, and you place it on your throat during meditation while you're lying down or something, that's good. Chrysocolla is also an amazing it's the peace stone. It's also for communication. Um, another trick, I know, I know, it's not the right word. But anyway, another technique <laughs> is if you're not where you can have your crystals with you, and you can rub your hands gently together, use your left hand, place it not on your throat, but just over your throat chakra, and your right hand placed down to Mother Earth. Even if you're on the 25th millionth floor, because the ingredients or the materials are from Mother Earth. And the energy is pulled out with your left hand energy, open your chakra in your palm and goes out your body. And then when you're done, just, you know. Oh, I love that. Sometimes a little bit easier. It's <laughs> pretty simple. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So you mentioned rose quartz before, and that was actually the one that I first started, was able to feel over my heart chakra. And then as that opened, I was starting to, you know, be able to feel other 
crystals. And so it was sort of my gateway crystal that opened me to the other crystals. Because once I could feel it, I think, you know, a lot of people, like you said, oh, those are just rocks. I think a lot of people just think that crystals are pretty rocks. And so those are the people that just haven't felt them yet. And I was wondering if there are gateway crystals that maybe like the average person more readily could feel that they could try that one out and it will help open them to then be able to feel other crystals. A gateway crystal would be one that you are attracted to. And okay. it sounds like a vague blush off, but it's not. It isn't. There are some crystals or minerals and stones that I just don't resonate with. One of them is jet. It's a beautiful black. It feels like plastic to me. It doesn't, it, it isn't, but that's what it feels like. So therefore it doesn't resonate with me. Anything that doesn't resonate with me, I do not foster to help other people find them. Because if it doesn't resonate, then I cannot channel the information Yes, I have lots of crystal books that I do the research and, and discover um, and connect with the metaphysical properties. And then once I have a reference point in my conscious mind, my guides then help me put it into a story description, which you may have seen in my shop. And that's how those come about. And they have definitely evolved over the last four and a half years from very simple, succinct to just really being able to step into more of who I am and let go. I've watched a lot of your videos online and I really love those because you do some channeling on them. And mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's one I did have some questions about. So can you describe what this um, crystal charged uh, water elixir is? Yes. And, you know, an elixir, it, it sounds like the old timey Western medicine-y stuff that was really who knows what, right? <laughs> but now this is where little bitty stones come in really handy because you can use a lot of them in different ones. And crystal charged waters or elixirs or whatever else they're called, you get a glass pitcher. And before anybody sends anybody any, can I use plastic? You can, however, plastic breathes. Glass contains the energy. So in a glass pitcher, I would still put a um, one of those clear plastic wraps across the top and just leave the, the spout open so that the water breathes. To make, now you can use don't really have uh, glass water bottles, but if you had something this this size, then you would put the crystals in the bottom and leave it overnight and it would charge the water. In a larger pitcher, the first time round, and what do you put in there? What are you attracted to? I would only put um, tumbled or polished stones or ones that have a natural finish. This is a Shiva Lingam and this is maybe burnished a little bit, but it's finished as in no rough edges. I would not put kyanite or selenite because they're flaky and little pieces could come off at some point just because the crystals move around in the bottom of the pitcher every time you pour it. So to make one water, a water, you put crystals in the bottom and any kind of filtered water. The first time round in a large pitcher, wait 48 hours. It's a lot of water to charge. Then, so you've done it and today's your first day and you're taking just even one regular glass size a day helps to change the energy from the inside out. So rather than just working with the crystals to come from the outside in, you're now changing the vibration from the inside out. And yes, I have a water pitcher and this is charged water. <laughs> I drink it every day, several of them. So when you have a pitcher and say it holds a gallon or a half a gallon or whatever, and then you get to half full, fill it up at night and it'll be ready in the morning. Mm, I'm going to try that. That's awesome. Tumbled or polished stones, no selenite, no kyanite because they can flake off. Malachite you can as long as it's polished all the way around or tumbled, smooth, Okay. Well, so once I started getting into crystals, it's just kind of overwhelming. There's so many types of crystals. And I'm curious, 
do they continue to discover new types of crystals? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And it seems like there's different ones named for maybe like the region where they find them and depending on what part of the earth, maybe they have different qualities and different, you know, like all of these different crystal types could have like sub stratas of crystals. Mm-hmm. That must be a lot for you to learn. Well, I have everything written down. And I do not memorize one single thing. (laughs) I don't. And if someone is asking me, um, this refers to one of the questions Tim asked earlier. I may have answered all of it and maybe not how I help my clients for someone who wants help. So I want my crystal to do, I want help with this. And then most often, if they haven't told me a little bit more, and it depends if I already if we have already had a connection for a bit, then they start coming like so. And then I will let them know. Sometimes my conscious mind, my name Charlie, gets in the way. So I look it up on my database <laughs> to make sure. And even then, if I'm not sure what it is they want to do, so what is it you want to do? What kind of energy are you wanting to connect with? And so forth. And then we can get into a little bit more. And then it's like, okay, this, this, or this. And then sometimes some beautiful souls say, well, there's six of those. Which one for me? And usually I give them, you know, let them know. It's like, it's this one, Dragonstone Septarian, for example, or Polychrome Jasper. And there may be three or four. That may still be too much of a, a choice because they're not yet sure which one will resonate with them best. And so then it's like, okay, and I just go to the first one intuitively and it, I am so grateful. My guides are so spot on every single time, every single time. That's not a vanity. That's not an ego thing. And it's like, okay. And I will take out my pendulum sometimes just to make sure that I'm getting it right. So they're not just stones and R-O-C-K-S's to me. Yeah. And you can tell when you're around crystals, you, there is a different feeling. Like even when I pick one up, sometimes I can tell like, this is not a, just a rock. This, there's something here. Like it's almost conscious, you know? And uh, in one of your videos, I think it's called dragons and transformation. And you talk about this stone and it has dragon in the name. You know, you had this channeling come through this stone and part of the channeling or after the channeling, you talked about how in your life you at some point started just not trying to fit in anymore. And yeah, it wasn't working, so I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like that because, you know, I feel like a lot of people could benefit from that attitude. And you mentioned that your spirit guides are spot on. Was that like around the time that you started connecting with them when you really started stop trying to fit in or was that already happening in your life? This has been a long process. I think I was um, 2004 when I was like, you know, it's just not working. So forget it. I had no idea really who I was or I was different. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where I was going to go from there. And crystals and I had already started connecting, but not in this way. And those crystal channelings, (laughs) I started that for me, not to be sharing. My guides are pretty smart. I was going to say akamai, which is a Japanese word. I grew up in Hawaii. So, you know, it's just akamai. So I started it because I wanted to have a deeper connection for myself since I realized I was stepping into this, (laughs) guided into this more fully and more completely it's like okay the crystals and I had been talking telepathically energetically for quite some time and I just wanted a deeper clearer connection and I just started by holding one in my meditation spot and just recording in my own journal what I observed about it how I felt about it what the colors reminded me of And about the fourth one in, (laughs) and I don't do them every day, but the fourth message in changed. And it was actually, I didn't, it wasn't a channeling at the moment, but I had received 
insights from pyrite and it doesn't like being called fool's gold. It feels very much misunderstood. So that's what I wrote. And then I started asking them, I said, well, what message do you have? And by the time we got to Dragonstone Septarian, we'd already done a few of those channelings. That's right. Really I have funny. no idea what's in it. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if, yeah I, I highly recommend watching those videos. Those channelings are incredible. They're just awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have particular recommendations for people who maybe want to open to their channeling abilities? Are there certain crystals that um, help to, I mean, I'm sure there are their third eye crystals mm -hmm. and things like this, or maybe I guess throat chakra would also be good for channeling or. Okay. So to start connecting with the crystal, whether you you channel information or not, Whatever crystal, mineral, or stone you feel attracted to in the moment, regardless of its metaphysical properties, is one that's going to help you. And that was one of the things that I really helped my clients to understand during the a recent crystal channeling workshop was well, they were looking up the metaphysical properties first. I said, that could, <laughs> probably does get in the way. I said, I tried to do that in the beginning, and then I thought, no. I just want to know what the crystal has to say, what it wants to share. And at first it was just for me. And then, of course, there I am putting them out in lives. So to answer your question more specifically, something that's really good to start with is either kyanite or selenite to remove negativity, fear that you're going to mess it up, fear that you're going to get it wrong. You can't do it wrong. You can't do it right. It's your energy. It's your crystal. Okay. After you, you know, kind of ground a little bit, you can use clear quartz, you can use a bigger point, um, you can use rose quartz, you can use a Lemurian seed crystal. It does not have to be as big as Maximilian, okay? It can be... Wow. I know. <laughs> I'm so glad, so grateful he wants to be with me. This is Max. And before we go, whatever amount of time we have, please remind me if it's all right with you to teach y'all how to do a crystal energy transfusion. I've been doing those for years and I think about 10, uh, eight, okay, eight years before I even had a name for it. I was just doing it. So anyway, you don't have to have something that big. You could also use a soul stone. Amethyst is fabulous because it works with your crown chakra helps you connect to your spirituality even more, whatever that is for you. And here's something really cool. You don't have to let go of, if you don't want to, any of your faith or your practices. This is all inclusive. It is not exclusive. You do not have to choose, not where I come from. Yes, that was one of my questions was about this crystal energy transfusion. Can you explain what that is mm -hmm. and how it works? Okay, yes. We'll let Max, if you, this is soul stone, okay, we talked about it already, and you just hold it between your hands. I'm just going to buffer the point because otherwise I'm going to zap y'all or whoever's watching this at some point with energy, so I don't want to do that, but you want the point away from you, okay, so I'm, I'm holding it. I'm just holding it in my lap with the point away from me. And the base, the flat, or can be rounded if you have a wand, because the point is a laser focus. So it's pulling in the energy, okay? It's pulling in the energy. And because the left is receptive, receiving the energy from the crystal, whatever it is, kyanite, polychrome jasper, you want to unclog your solar plexus, anything orange, carnelian, orange calcite, you hold it, energy comes in through the left, out the right, passes back through the crystal, gets transformed, and back through your body. After you do this, no matter how big or little the piece, now if you have a lot of little bitty pieces, you need probably a minimum of 12 this size of any specific, except Herkimer, <laughs> and some of the other ones. And you would just hold them in your hands, and then you need to really do a major detox for them. Put them in the sun, pass them through incense, 
play a gnome CD, you need to do something major because they will have, you know, they collect and absorb energy from us to help us. And if we're doing an energy transfusion and how long depends on how much energy you want to pass through you. I started doing this at night and I hold it. I don't know that I wake up holding it. Sometimes I do, but definitely probably in a day worth of cleansing after that. This podcast is just audio. And so I was following along watching you, but then our listeners. Mm. So it's important to hold it in your left hand. Yes. So you hold a crystal of, of decent size, you know, minimum palm size in your hands, both of your hands at the same time, kind of a prayer position, but you don't have to pray. You can do this while you're watching the television or a movie or meditating or just being in the silence. Okay. So there's no prerequisite. You can't do it wrong except not to do it. Unless you don't want to do it, and that's still correct. Okay, so that's it's, you can't do it wrong. So your your left hand is the receiving, even for left-handed people. I've had that question a few times. Left is receiving, right is giving. So it, it energy travels through. So the crystal is held in between both hands. The energy from the crystal comes into your left side goes in and throughout your entire body, flows out your right hand back through the crystal where it gets transformed and transmuted so that the energy from the crystal is still clear. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's very clear. Thanks. And then I had another question about intention setting using crystals. How, how does oh, that That's work? a whole nother conversation. Some of these are, and we're just giving you we're giving you complete answers and yet there's so much more to most everything that you've asked and setting intention. You got to come from the right space, no confusion, absolute clarity, no fear and doubt. Who doesn't have any of that stuff? Programming a crystal and setting an intention. That's a whole workshop. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you teach those workshops? Yes, I do. Oh, great. Uh, okay. That's not true. We do. My guides and I. <laughs> Yeah, it seems, you know, there's so much to learn and know. So that would be really helpful. Is that something that you are still doing in person? Or is that something that you're doing on Zoom, where you can reach a lot of people? Or I've mostly been working online for the last 10 years. There are some, well, now that we're in this craziness and, and hopefully coming out of it soon, I do once a year, maybe twice a year, hold in-person retreats for a small group of people we're talking six i'm not talking okay well let's stretch it to 11 no if we have enough people then we'll have another one the next weekend but it's that important to me to be able to connect individually and to have the relationship or the thank you the experience for each person and it for it to be sacred space not to be 11 or 12 or 400 people um no One, I can't hold space for that many people all at once in my face. I just can't. Yeah, I think most people want that smaller, more intimate uh, setting anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what kinds of things happen during the retreat? Transformation, emotional healing, insights. It's different for every person. There's a, a general theme or... Yeah, a general theme of what we're going to do, and then it changes. You know, so, so they have their workbooks because, because spirit guides us where it's going to guide us. And depending upon the interaction with, with the beautiful souls who are all together, it's a different experience. So the next time I teach crystal channeling, the basic information will be there, you know, the groundwork, and yet it'll be different. So if I did it today and tomorrow with different groups of people, similar information would come, but it also depends on who's there as to what comes through. That's how it does not get boring for me because otherwise I, I, mm-mm. 
That's how my Reiki classes are too. It depends on who shows up. They pull different information through um, mm -hmm. me. And so it's never quite the exact same thing. And then that got me thinking about the crystals again and how you're saying that different crystals keep getting discovered. And I was wondering if certain ones are becoming unearthed as the vibration on the planet changes. And now it's time for those crystals and that energy to be available to us or. What yes. Do you think? Absolutely. And others are either becoming not extinct, but no longer findable, or I don't know if that's the right word, but they're no longer found, or they're found less and less and less and less as other new age stones or newer stones, crystals and minerals are being found. And speaking of being found, what is your thought about, are, are there crystal ethics? Um, because... Like I've had this where I was on a hike and then I saw, oh, wow, look at all these quartz crystals. And then I picked one up and then I, I asked it, would you like to come home with me or should I, uh, would you like to stay here? And I, I got the message that it wanted to stay. So I put it back down. Do you think that anytime someone sees a crystal, then they should take it? Or do you think that it, it depends? It, it depends. Mm -hmm. Just, um, even when I'm shopping to foster for my shop for other people, not all the black tourmaline wants to come with. Or if there are flats of pink amethyst, then I sort through to choose the right one for the vibration, the energy to then share with people who come to my shop and my current clients and new ones coming along. And, you know, it, it's... It's very important to me about the energy, the frequency, and, of course, the price. Am I the cheapest? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm not in it just to make the money. It is a business. Absolutely. It's also about the energy and giving information so people can make a choice of which one, which is why there might be 10 Dragonstone Septarians rather than everybody lumped into one and say, you just get this one because each pattern is different. Each energy within that Dragonstone Septarian, for example, is different. The coloring in these fluorite towers, I got 12 the last time around, they're all different. And each one resonates with a person differently, which is why they're all singly listed. Because if you go into a brick and mortar shop, you get to see the different ones. It's not they're all lined up one behind the other and you take the first one on the shelf. It's not like a bag of chips. I don't know where that came from, but there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, Tiana, that you said that you asked this, the quartz crystal if you could take it home and it, you got the impression that it wanted to stay there because I've been hiking a lot recently and I've saw a lot of quartz crystals and really interesting looking stones. And there were times where I would say to myself, like, I wonder if I should take that and then I would get an impression where, no, I shouldn't take that. And then there was this one that I saw on the last day of hiking, and it gave me a strong impression that it was okay to take it. And I even have it right here. It's just a little quartz crystal that I found. And it was stood out to me because there were no rocks around like that one. And um, I have they it with me. They will let you know. So, they yeah. will <laughs> let you know. <laughs> even if you're attracted to one and they don't want to go with you, one of the first excursions many years ago, I went to Mount Ida, Arkansas on a trip and I call them um, crystal cities, you know, much bigger than this, kind of like the, the size you were talking about earlier, Tim, you know, a great big one. And yeah. I will have one at some point or it will have me, but I, I had my hands on it and it had been raining. So, but it wasn't raining. It wasn't real slippery. And I had already picked up several crystal cities and I really like this one, but it didn't want to go home with me, and it cut me. Wow. It was like, because I was, I was like, oh, look at this. And it was like, mm-mm, no, no. But I said, okay, fine. I got the message. And I was just <laughs> really getting started. That was like 1992 or something. You know, I was like, oh, look at this one. It's huge. It's gorgeous. Nope. Did not want to go home with me and let me know. So earlier, Tiana mentioned about these new crystals being discovered right now because the vibration of the planet itself is undergoing a change. 
And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the change that we're going through right now, as far as, you know, the planet itself. Well, about getting me on a soapbox, everybody wants to live their own path and to be free to do so. And yet so many forget that they don't want anyone else to tell them what to do. So if you don't want anybody else stepping on your dreams, first of all, stop stepping on your own and stop stepping on other people's. And otherwise, my human comes out and gets really, it's like, I don't understand any of the, I don't understand any of it. If you don't want to be judged, then stop judging. If you don't want to be told what to do, within reason, no harm and, you know, responsible things. And and I'm going to stop there before I get too... <laughs> Two more into that because I did. So because we are in challenging times, what are some of the crystals maybe that are helpful for people as, you know, there's a lot of fear coming up right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. What would be just kind of overall good crystals for people to help them through these challenging times? Protection from negative energy, no matter, you know, just a blanket statement, negativity, because there's so much fear, there's so much intensity about a variety of topics, <laughs> protecting yourself from absorbing too much and becoming overwhelmed with energy. Any person who is a sensitive or an empath, it's like sometimes I go out for my, my weekly errands and I come back and I have to sleep for an hour because it's just, it's too much. It's too much. So more specifically, clear quartz, rose quartz, Amethyst, so celestite, which is a, a light blue, beautiful. I don't have any right now to share with. A soul stone, you can use chalcopyrite, whose other name is peacock ore. You can use fluorite, selenite, kyanite, black tourmaline is fabulous. It, it sets out a shield. So does um, kyanite and selenite. Kyanite is white. Kyanite is blue. Selenite is white. And black tourmaline is black, and they not only absorb energy, but they also set up a shield around you. Now, depending upon the size of the piece, how far out that energy protective shield is. You can do or use some things for transformation like shivalingam, polychrome jasper for rebirth, regeneration of your dreams, your energy. A good one for Raising your vibration, which then boosts your immune system. You're all trying to come through my mouth at the same time. Is indigo gabbro. It's black and white. Who else? Okay, so dendritic tree agate, which is fascinating. It's like little landscapes in a milky white base or foundation, if you will. And fabulous for transition and transformation. It depends on what you really want to do. I could start naming everybody in my collection. It, it just depends. Now, if you want to work with heart chakra and emotional healing, pink, generally speaking, throat chakra, blue, generally speaking, purple for the crown chakra, indigo bluish purples for the third eye, heart chakra. Mine's always been pink, although most people teach it as green. You can use anything green. So anything green, tourmaline, green aventurine, malachite, green zebra jasper, thank you, green fluorite, health, wealth, and abundance. And within those particular minerals and stones and crystals, there's a different vibration. It's a fine tuning. So it depends on what your energy is and what you want to accomplish or to let go of and heal and forgive. Great. That's a great list. <laughs> on but we won't <laughs> oh um, um the lemurian seed crystals the natural ones as opposed to man-made they have ridges and i realize this is audio only but when you see a, a one that is labeled lemurian seed crystal it needs to have ridges not like it's been chiseled out but these ridges are natural naturally occurring and they will help you to access your akashic records the hall of records the book of life whatever you want to call it to tap into your own life path and your intuitive gifts more fully. 
Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of information here for people. Who are <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know already because I have this like shopping list in my head and I'm like, <laughs> but I know how much these crystals cost. So I'm like, okay, I got to make a priority list here. And <laughs> um, that is one thing, if you don't mind my mentioning, it, we have a variety of price ranges because everybody has different budgets and it's not about just the top dollar amount that that we could price things at yeah and speaking of that where can people go to find you know the crystals that you offer the workshops and the videos and things like that from you <laughs> the videos holy smoke some of those are really old I'm like wow i've really progressed in being open and and not like oh my god what are people gonna think um on youtube I think the easiest way to find me, they can find me on, on Instagram as Angel Lady TM, short for Terry Marie. I am Terry Marie on Facebook. So if they go to my website, angeldreamteam.com, there are some social media icons and they can click on those. The Etsy shop is Angel Lady Terry Marie, not for ego, but more for name recognition. And that's what my guides told me to to put there because in my world it is heaven and earth angels crystal shop, but it, it comes up as angel lady, Terry Marie on Etsy. We have a free Facebook group. That's how Tiana and I met. What is it? Oh, uh, crystals, angels, and chakras. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that's how you all met. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was seeing all of her posts about crystals. I was like, we need to have her on. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure and an honor. And even though no one else is going to see us, it's nice to have seen you all's face and y'all have amazing energy. Aw, thanks. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for so much information. I'm really excited to apply all these things that you just shared with us. You're welcome. Yep. That's part of what I'm here to do is to help share the information. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I want to say thank you very much to Terry Marie for taking the time to share her gifts and knowledge with us. If you want to learn more about Terry Marie and her offerings, please visit the website thecrystologist.com. That's spelled the C-R-Y-S-T-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Or you can visit angeldreamteam.com as well. I'd also like to thank Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast interesting and going strong. And thank you to Casey Henson for providing all the music. If you'd like to learn more about us or find past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com and if you're enjoying listening to us please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from this will help other people find us take care take care